This is JCU Conversations, a podcast show from James Cook University, Singapore. Tune in as we ask experts in the industry more about their lives and their approach to success. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's listen to today's episode. Hi, my name is Jason Pomeroy. I'm the founding principal of Pomeroy Studio and Pomeroy Academy, designers and thought leaders of sustainable built environments. I'm delighted to be here today to host JCU Conversations, an initiative by James Cook University, Singapore. I'm delighted to be joined here today by Wong Heng Pine. He is the Group Chief Executive Officer of Sabana Jurong, a global architecture and engineering firm that has delivered over a million homes in Singapore and 100 industrial parks globally. I'm certainly looking forward to learning a bit more about what this gentleman ticks in terms of leadership, entrepreneurialism, and Mr. Wong, welcome. Thank you. So I hope you won't mind that we start by kind of kicking off on the psychology couch. I want to find out a bit more about what makes you tick. Tell me a bit more about your childhood. Well, sure, uh, uh, Jason. Um, you know, I guess uh, for our generation, uh, our childhood is really uh, quite a challenging one. Uh, and let me just uh, start by saying that, you know, today uh, we, we are in a very different world uh, because when we were uh, a, a child, uh, the only time we see a full chicken uh, on the table is uh, Chinese New Year. Uh, uh, and uh, the other times you don't get, you know, to see uh, huh, such... Uh, huh, such uh, good food yeah, being served. Uh, but today, that's uh, huh, a daily phenomenon. And you can see that you know, today uh, you know, we have moved quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, and during our childhood, you know, uh, we didn't have the luxury of uh, buying toys. Yeah. Uh, we have to make our own toys. Yeah. So I guess uh, you know, the experience of uh, you know, doing things uh, yourself, uh, it's probably a trademark of our generations. Now, you are the Group Chief Executive Officer of Sabana Jurong, a global architectural and engineering firm, and you've got some remarkable accolades. When I think of the fact that you've created over a million homes in Singapore, you've created over 100 industrial parks globally. Tell us a bit more about this ethos that Sabana Jurong is building cities and shaping better lives. Well, um I guess, you know, the group CEO title is a bit misnormal. <laughs> uh, and uh, I always say uh, uh, to my friends that I'm actually the group chief slave. You know? <laughs> uh, and, and part of that reason is that uh, a lot of our work uh, is really to translate uh, visions of government and, you know, entrepreneurs uh, into reality. Yeah? So that's... Uh, the silent part uh, and uh, a lot of our creations and a lot of our, um, I would say, innovations uh, go unsung. Yeah. And I guess for a lot of uh, students of JCU, uh, you know, you really, uh, when you come out to the world to work, uh, you must uh, recognize that. Yeah. Uh, and therefore, uh, our satisfaction is really to see some of this uh, project being uh, translated from vision into reality. It's interesting that you mentioned sort of like chief slave, and I mean, I guess it talks very much about your hard working ethic. 
how much can you owe to your upbringing as a child to where you are today as a thought leader within the built environment? I, I think, uh, you know, um, for a lot of us uh, globally, mm. uh, our experiences when we are young, uh, and particularly during the teenager uh, period, uh, really helps to mold a person's uh, perception of uh, you know how one would approach uh, challenges. Yeah. Uh, so just uh, you know, for myself, uh, I have been deeply involved in the built environment since I am small. Really? Yes. Uh, since what age? Well, as uh, as young as uh, eleven and twelve. Okay. Yeah, because uh, you know, uh, I will follow my father to the job site. Uh, he was in construction? Uh, yes, yes, he was in construction and mm. uh, helped to do all the concrete thing, you know. Uh, and during holidays, we will work uh, to help to uh, calculate, you know, doing uh, quantity surveying, calculating how much steel and concrete to price the job. So you could yeah. say that construction is almost in your blood yes, from a very yes, early yes, age. Yes, So, you know, uh, and, and as you get to site, then you can understand, yeah, mm. that, uh, you know, in the built environment particularly, uh, the chemistry among the teams are very important. Mm, mm. Yeah. Uh, and that really is uh, what makes and breaks uh, uh, projects. Mm, yeah. mm. Uh, if you don't get that chemistry uh, among the different uh, disciplines and the different uh, groups of people mm. uh, on a particular built environment uh, project, you will find that you know, small problems become very big. Mm, mm. And once you get that right, the big problems becomes very small. I, I think that speaks a lot also about the interdisciplinary approach that Sabana Jerome takes on board. I guess the ability to look beyond just architecture and engineering in silos as an interconnected mechanism to shape better lives and build better cities. Arguably, I would like to know whether that was something that you were picking up at your university days or whether that's something that you still found as a young child walking around the building sites with your father? I, I think, uh, uh, Jason, you use the word, you know, collaborative. Yeah. And, and really, uh, my experience uh, in the childhood working on the, on the, on the site uh, and going through projects and so on, uh, you know, has probably influenced a lot more than uh, at the universities here. Yeah. Uh, at the universities, you learn the, you know, the, the I would say, you know, the, the basics. Yeah. But uh, that basics can only uh, uh, help you so much. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you need to gather that experience. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and of course, having uh, uh, from young, yeah, participated in the projects and, you know, went to site and seeing the different traits, how the different traits fits in mm. and the various uh, discipline fitting in uh, helps mm. you, you know, in your career mm. to understand the mechanics of uh, mm. what a successful project uh, uh, looks like and how, you know, how to get that, uh, I would say, uh, chemistry, you know, uh, uh, correct. And a famous uh, analogy that I always use to all my uh, seniors uh, is the fried rice story. Okay. Yeah. Enlighten uh, me. Yeah. I, I am. You know. I. I think. Uh, uh, the. The. The place that now serves that famous fried rice has gone. Okay. Uh, it's this place that uh, serves uh, 
fried rice not at two three dollars a plate. It is it costs at least fifty dollars a plate. Yeah, and uh, and and it's uh, you know it's it's a long queue. Yeah, uh, for people to go and uh, you know try it, uh, but it is uh, uh, meant by two sisters. Yeah, and and the secret of that. Uh, fried rice is really that first, of course, they buy the best ingredient yeah, uh, from the market. Yeah. You will find that the ingredients are so fresh. Yeah. But really, the, the, or, or, or the you know, secret behind getting that flavor and you know, that getting that right is the temperature mm. uh, of the wok that they use mm -hmm. yeah, or, the, or the fire. You know? yeah. uh, and that really brings out that uh, uniqueness the freshness mm. uh, and the taste uh, in that fried rice. So, so to me, you know, if you, um, the analogy is very apt because in our business, you really get that environment of collaboration get going, you know, an uh, 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 environment where people can share mm -hmm. uh, what's the issue and openly discuss uh, how to solve the, that particular issue and not just stand uh, you know, on their own principles mm. and thinking, uh, which will prevent a lot of things from happening. Yeah. I have a similar analogy relating to red wine, so I ah, look forward to the okay. time that we can bring the fried rice and the red wine together in a collaborative way. Um, I want to go back to experience. You mentioned experience, and I'd be keen to know what your first job was, and how did that shape your view of where you would be in the future. Can you take me back to that point of your first architectural or engineering project? So the first, uh, the first, uh, I would say, my first job is really to work for the government. Yeah. Mm. So when I came back from UK, uh, I, I joined the Singapore Economic Development Board. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is really the agency mm. uh, for the Singapore government to attract investments. Mm. Uh, into Singapore and that really that first job led me to interact with uh, you know the, the all the who's who's uh, in the industry mm. yeah. so you get to meet the chairman the the, the CEO and mm. you know interact with them and, and that really uh, uh, brought together the you know uh, uh, an acknowledgement of how uh, you know the higher echelon management things mm. uh, and look at issues mm. uh, and, and that you know is really a good insight. Would you say that you were inspired by them? I mean if you're within this this happy party of leaders, influencers who are able to turn the wheels of economic progress would you say that they inspired you to be the leader that you are today, or was it a very different path that you took? I think uh, I wouldn't say uh, uh, inspired me, but I think it gave me a lot of insight mm. into how you know famous entrepreneurs think mm. uh, and how corporate things. Yeah. Uh, and you know, it's uh, it's it's uh, really you have a first-hand interaction. Yeah, uh, with people who have built businesses from nothing mm. uh, and from big corporates, you know, mm. uh, the American uh, uh, MNCs. Mm. Uh, and then you can see the difference in terms of uh, thinking approach. Uh, and, uh, you know, that really gives you an insight into, um, you know, which, you know, what, what part of that business is uh, interesting. 
and uh, most uh, excites you, you know. So that's quite interesting that you mentioned in that sentence the reference to the corporate world but also the reference to the entrepreneur. Are these two different worlds that they operate in? I mean we have seen globally the rise of tech entrepreneurs who may not necessarily have the commercial business sense to lead large corporations. Similarly, the large corporate player does not necessarily have the chops to be able to have that spark of innovation and entrepreneurialism. Do you think the two can be intertwined or do you think that there are two different Ab animals? Absolutely. I can tell you that, uh, you know, uh, depending on what stage the company is, uh, you know, then you need to adjust your, um, I would say, uh, operating approach uh, quite differently. Uh, so when you are building business as we were building Sabana Jurong, we need to be entrepreneurial. Yeah? We need to look at things and we need to be bold enough to take that step and to reach out to people, you know, uh, have uh, that, have that uh, uh, desire to take that uh, extra step and push the boundaries. Yeah, but once you grow to a certain stage, as we are now, yeah, today we are uh, uh, in 40 countries, yeah, we have 16,000 employees, our turnover is 1.8 billion last year. And, yeah. so, so the company is in a different state mm. and therefore we need to corporate, we need to put in more corporate procedures, mm. yeah, more, uh, 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 I would say, processes in order for us to stay on top of our businesses. Does that stifle innovation? Does that stifle creativity? Uh, it's often seen that the large corporation, as it scales, especially if it's related to the creative or innovative industries, has these mechanisms that allow the corporation to grow, but can stifle. Absolutely. How do you deal with that? Absolutely. So you need to, un and, and that's where understanding of the business is. Yeah? Mm. Today, we are multidisciplinary. So we are in architecture, engineering, projects, QS, you know. Uh, uh, and each of these uh, group of uh, people, uh, because of their training and their background and their cult culture and so on, are things differently. So we need to therefore uh, have processes which are standardized. Uh, but they are localized, mm. so so it caters to the uh, huh, the needs of, of of the discipline. I see. Yeah. So so that's uh, something that I guess uh, a lot of businesses uh, uh, have find hard to transform. Mm. Yeah. And this one I want to relate back to uh, you know the universities, mm. yeah. uh, and you know as as universities teach students, yeah, one of the things that I think universities going forward, yeah, is really to teach students to adapt. Yes. The adaptability of, uh, of uh, you know, young entrants into the industry, uh, it's very critical. Yeah? Because uh, once you can adapt, you, know, you, you, you move yourself and depending on the type of organizations that you join, yeah, uh, you, know, you, you need to uh, structure your approach quite differently. Yeah? Uh, you know, if you join a big corporate, and you know you you don't tailor yourself to adhere to processes, yeah. It's tough life. Indeed. Yeah. Whereas if you join an entrepreneur and you try to be very, very corporate, you know, be full of processes and you try and manage that, you'll be dead. Yeah. So I, so to me, you know, 
uh, uh, as far as university is concerned, yeah, while teaching the them the the, the um, giving them that skill set, yes. yeah, uh, in the particular uh, discipline, uh, they also needs to impart on them the ability to adapt, yeah, uh, and and that's where you know you you need the you really need to uh, go through the mills, uh, so to speak. I'll certainly come back to education, but I want to pick up on that point about trying to find the happy balance between the corporate world and the entrepreneurial world. I'm no stranger to the fact that Sabana Jurong have acquired companies like Atelier 10, a fantastic environmental consultancy that's really cutting edge when it comes to sustainability. Robert Birdgrip, fantastic engineering firm. And the acquisition of these niche disciplines that have real skills and expertise, how can you ensure that those leaders, experts within their field of specialism still have a voice within the larger corporation? And how does it add value to the bigger corporation like Sabana Jerome? So if you look at uh, you know, our, our um, uh, journey over the last uh, uh, seven years, uh, we have gone out to identify, uh, you know, I would say brands that mm. uh, are specialists in, mm. in their sector. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because basically, you know, in our built environment, you need to build that uh, talent and capability. Indeed. And you need deep capability. Mm. So each of our, uh, our brands have, have deep capability. Mm. Yeah. So, and we encourage them to keep the heritage uh, and the uh, you know uniqueness of the brand as well as the market recognition of the brands, mm. yeah, uh, because uh, you know that's one of the key things that we think that they, they can, yeah. So, so this relates back to our fried rice and to the ingredients, yeah. So I see our brands as the ingredients of this perfect uh, fried rice that we are we are oh, creating. Right? You really are giving me an yeah. image of an eight-course degustation right. menu right now, so uh, uh, making me hungry. Yeah, thank you. So so at the at the group level. <laughs> We make sure that the that the um, you know that, that the temperature that we operate yeah is at the most optimum. Yeah, that's the group group perspective, uh, uh, the group job. You know, yeah. So when we add all these brands together and you know as they come together to go and deliver a sustainable uh, and a you know a, a best solutions for our client, uh, we make sure that the temperature in which they operate and you know collaborate is really at the, t at the right at the right temperature yeah. so, so to us it's really you know getting that right uh, and making sure the teams mold together mm. yeah, uh, to provide a you know a sustainable solutions uh, for, for our client yeah. now if you look at that if you look at that scenario mm. yeah, uh, you know each of them comes in to contribute what they are best at mm. yeah. so for example uh, you know we're doing uh, uh, um, projects in London uh, where, you know, the civil structure is very difficult. You know, you go, to go six story down and, you know, difficult structure to, to construct. Uh, then, you know, then Robert Group will bring that expertise. Yeah? Sure. But at the same time, you need to make sure that it's sustainable. Mm. So Italian will come in and look at, you know, how to make it, you know, how to make it sustainable, mm. consumes the least energy, mm. Yeah? Mm. Uh, minimum heat loss, you know, through the glass and mm. all these sort of things. So, Basically, each of them are bringing in very specific and very niche uh, specialist uh, expertise. Yeah? Mm. And, and they know each other's strength. 
and, and that's where they play the best. Mm. Yeah. So, so by bringing all these unique uh, brands and unique capabilities, capabilities together, uh, we therefore ensure that whatever that we do, whether it's a hospital, or whether it's a, a commercial centre mm -hmm. or a residential building or, you know, uh, a, 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 power, a power plant and, you know, renewables and so on, is really the best uh, uh, of, of everything. Mm. Yeah. Comes back to collaboration again, I guess. The importance of understanding that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts and it's not the will of one individual that's going to make a difference, yeah. it's the collaboration and, that does. And, and you know, I must add, uh, Jason, in the new world, yeah, I must say that uh, it's unlike the old world mm. where things can happen in silo. Mm. And therefore, I, I think for a lot of the university students coming out to work, they must realize that you know today, uh, to solve a, a or provide a, 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 a solution for a problem uh, statement, they need to come together and bring their different expertise. Indeed. Yeah. So so even in you know I mean I know JCU is good in in the maritime industry. Mm. It's not it's not individual. So mm. today, we are looking at uh, a vertical fish farm mm. with the design and you know develop. Uh, for an entrepreneur, a fish farm in Singapore that is vertical. Mm. Yeah. So basically, that requires uh, us to work with uh, you know people in the marine industry right? mm. uh, or fish rearing, you know, mm. to make it successful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and what what it takes, mm. yeah, what's the environment that we need to create, you know, to make that fish uh, grow, mm. yeah, uh, and free of diseases, for mm. example. Mm. So uh, you can see that today. Uh, you know, we are getting into a situation where problem statements can only be solved by the different, you know, uh, discipline coming together. Yeah. It's interesting that you mention education again, and I think that education needs to change in line with a post-pandemic world that is getting smaller through connectivity. And what that often means is a greater collaboration between the academic and the commercial world. I'd be keen to know a bit more about how you can contribute to that conversation. As a leader, what ways do you outreach to knowledge share with the world? So firstly, uh, at the top, yeah, we need to make sure that we embrace uh, innovation uh, and working closely. Uh, with the uh, institutions, you know, mm -hmm. uh, of uh, higher learning, yeah. because uh, you know, for us, one of the key things in the commercial world is that you are often not in touch mm -hmm. with what are the new trends and what are the new uh, developments, yeah, and the new things that uh, people are creating, yeah, uh, you know. Uh, so, so you need to work uh, with the uh, you know universities to try and get an insight into what are the rest of the world doing, you know. Uh, and they are really in touch with it because uh, if you want to, uh, you know, do R&D, you have to work with them. Indeed. Yeah. So, so to us, uh, we, we, you know, we see that as a very close uh, relationship. Yeah. What we bring to the table for a lot of the uh, universities is the commercial perspective. Yeah. Um, a lot of these innovations needs to be commercialized. Yeah. And therefore, uh, you know, often I find that uh, at the university level, they are so deep into innovation, into the research, that they forgot that whatever that uh, they create, uh, you know, 
needs to be applied mm. in, into the commercial world. Yeah. And that's where we try and push that gap. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we will then work with the universities and say, hey, you know, uh, you know, if you go along this way, why don't we bring it up? I mean, for example, uh, in Singapore, we work with the uh, one of our brands to look at a material where we can apply to you know structure mm. to uh, help the the the, bu the building structure withstand uh, explosion mm. a bit better. Yeah, uh, and uh, you know the, the the material has been invented, but you know, uh, the universities find it very hard to commercialize it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I say, hey, you got to do a pilot plan. Mm. You know, you got to plan that. You got to plan your processes. Yeah. Yeah. Then you got to say, okay, you have this material. How are you going to rule it out? Yes, it just yeah. doesn't go and apply around the structure itself. Exactly. Right? So now we are working with a paint uh, applicator yeah, and a paint company because they have the resources. Uh, and the team out there where they paint buildings, right? So we can use the same team to go and apply this material and, uh, and then paint it over. So uh, for the commercial side, we have all this you know, networking and therefore we are able to help the universities to pull the partnership together mm -hmm. yeah, and, and make a, uh, a, a, a POC, yeah, a project on uh, to, to take a look, you know. So the research goes beyond the academic paper yes. to find application Absolutely. in real-world settings. Would you say, and this is probably my last question before I will pre-prepare you for a quick fire round, would you say that Sabana Jurong, as a corporation, is embracing that element of knowledge, cultural innovation? And if so, what future trends can you identify that you think your corporation is going to make better influence? Well, for us, you know, although um, if you strip it down, yeah, uh, in terms of our expertise, it may seem to be, uh, you know, knowledge that has uh, been around for maybe decades and, and centuries. Mm. Uh, but the application of that uh, knowledge yeah, is what uh, makes our life uh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I can describe to you, you know, we've just finished a 9-kilometer tunnel uh, up in the Himalayas, mm. yeah, 10,000 feet above uh, sea level. Mm. Uh, and that uh, tunnel connects uh, two villages. Yeah. You know, the difficulty in that is that you don't have enough uh, soil data to make a, uh, you know, a calculation, you know, how you're going to do it. So you've got to adjust as you come along and so on. But the technique of uh, of doing that is not new, yeah. but it is trying to bring all this uh, expertise together and answer that particular uh, 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 you know, problem statement. Yeah. And to me, uh, for us, uh, you know, that's really our role. Our role is really to bring everything together uh, and you know, uh, innovate, innovate in the sense that in, apply that different knowledge uh, and make it possible because uh, for us, uh, you know the success of that project is really that uh, now the you know the two villages that connects that yeah, uh, in between uh, I mean that nine kilometer connects uh, them the, you know they can now have access mm. you know uh, 365 days in a year mm. compared to in the past half the year they will be uh, uh, separated from the world because there's no way you can reach the other village yeah. so so to me uh, our uh, satisfaction. It's about bringing you know, our skill set together to help the communities uh, and contribute 
yeah, to their well-being, yeah, and in, and and to for a lot of us in our built environment, yeah, that's the greatest uh, satisfaction, yeah, to be able to uh, uh, use our skill set, uh, and you know, live, contribute a bit to the world and make it a better world, yeah, for everybody. Build back better, as Biden would say. Yep. Um, quick fire round. Sure. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Sure. You're going to give me one sentence. Sure. Super quick. What pops into your head? You've had an illustrious career as a corporate leader. What's the secret sauce? Fire in the belly. If the 21-year-old you could see you today, what would he be thinking? Impossible. I like that. When you wake up in the morning and you look in the mirror, what do you see? Well, I'm an optimist. <laughs> so I see that, uh, you know, that uh, rising sun and, <laughs> okay. you know, good weather and, and so on. Is that a halo? Yes. <laughs> What's the bed, side, table, book, or what are you listening on your iPod? Well, I, I, I listen to the, all the uh, pop songs. And I don't read. Yeah, I don't. I, it's not my habit to uh, read. Yeah, okay. but I, 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 I watch. Yeah, so I, I will go and watch all the videos. Yeah, uh, and the shows. Yeah, yeah. Fantasy dinner party. Who do you invite? Oh, Batman. Bruce Wayne or Batman? Batman. <laughs> okay. Uh, does he bring anybody else along? Uh, no, no, no. Mr. Wong, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've certainly learned a thing or two about yourself, your organization. If people wanted to know a bit more about you and your firm, how can we find you? Well, just follow us on LinkedIn, uh, as well as uh, under Wong Hing Fine. Uh, you will surely find a lot of news about Sabana Drew. Good. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. Thank you.